12, the podcast that has notes of blackberry and pepper. I'm Mark. I'm Brent, and today's guest is Nick Cage Match. What's up, Jesse? Hey, guys. How are you doing? Pretty good. How are you guys? <laughs> We're doing well, and I won't ask about the weather. <laughs> what I will ask about is working with the, the Onion. You had a great piece that uh, I know both Brent and I took a look at talking about Gallagher uh, on the AV oh, Club. Oh, God, yeah. What, yeah. what a train wreck that was. Uh, the, the video yeah. clip that you sent us. I'll post a link to it if that's okay. Is that okay? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can see it has been, it's been viewed like 110,000 times. times. All right. (laughs) Is it okay if we add another 100 to that, maybe? We have that kind of poll. We have, yes, literally dozens of people listen to this podcast. Yeah, maybe not all at once because that could pull YouTube down. Oh, but that... maybe, you know, if you just one at a time. We would get an angry it. letter from it's the a Google. Real yeah. concern. <laughs> Anyhow, so tell us about the Gallagher show. So when I worked at The Onion, every so often we would get, you know, like promo stuff or we would get to go to shows, um, mainly because the woman who ran events for the AV Club, uh, Marianne Ways, she's a comedy producer now in New York, but... She would get us stuff, and so one night, uh, you know, she said, "Well, I have like ten passes or something like that to, you know, to Gallagher at the Zipper Theater. Uh, you know, who wants to go?" And so it, a lot of times it was the sale, you know, the sales team and stuff like that. And so, um, but you could see Amelie was there because she wrote about it for the Hater. And so I had no idea. I just remembered him from the way everybody remembers him from like Smashing Pumpkins. I mean, sorry, Watermelons. Smashing Watermelons. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't remember him in the band. <laughs> uh, he, he was the drummer. Band. <laughs> But and so we went and, you know, you could see the seats are all covered in plastic. And so we we got ready and the openers were it turned out it was a, a bringer show, you know, so that means mm-hmm. that people can they're you know, it's almost like an open mic, but people can perform, but they have to bring audience members, paying audience members. So the openers were so terrible. It was just really painful. But then Gallagher got on stage uninvited <laughs> with them and told them how to do their sets better. It was it was so awful. And then the show just, you know, deteriorated from there into what ended up being I mean, he's horribly racist. I had no idea. Yes. He, he says horrible things, like just and just things that make no sense and just things that aren't funny. And it was the most uncomfortable and I, I honestly wanted to leave, but I was afraid to get up because I was afraid he would you would yell at me. Because well, he, he was yelling at the audience. He yelled at a few people who uh, were talking during his set. You, yeah, you, the, and they uh, were huge fans. I, one of them went back and said, you know, I'm a huge fan. I'd like to shake your hand. And totally, he was totally. such a nope. dick. It was the worst. Like, I couldn't. And so then afterwards, we all, you know, we had been planning to go out for drinks and stuff. And I think everybody just went home, like, super dejected. <laughs> we all had, like, that sad, like, Peanuts theme music above our head and like clouds we were like and then for years we've always been like that was like our vietnam like we can't we can't uh, oh god gallagher that's what you want to feel after a comedy show yeah people have brought dates you know and stuff and it was just like whoa so bad and so then yeah amelie wrote about it and then i was looking it up online and i i saw that he had done an interview with mark Marin like around that time and he had done a seattle show that i think lindy west wrote about as well like whoa we did not see this coming that sounds crazy. So are you really a fan of Steely Dan? <laughs> yeah, I'm a huge fan. That's why it's like the number one fact, like when you guys act for like facts. <laughs> right off the top. Let's yeah, this clear. I, really I like that, Steely Dan. That's all I have. <laughs> yeah. Okay, if you don't like Steely Dan, we can't be yeah. friends. As soon as you said that, and the fact that you used to work at The Onion reminded me instantly of, of that article in The Onion about Steely Dan. Do you know the one I mean? 
I don't. I don't. Oh, really? Donald Fagan's defends Steely Dan to friends? <laughs> maybe, maybe I do, and I just forgot. Uh, that's really good. Google it. It actually is pretty funny. Yeah, that's really good. It's perfect. I don't mind if my fr- a lot of my friends, most people don't seem to like Steely Dan, but I have uh, no problem with that. I like the hits. Like, I don't go too, you know, too deep into the back catalog, but I... Yeah, no, it's, it's good. I probably have about 12 Steely Dan songs on my phone. Between the two yeah, of I mean, us, we have an average I, of six, I think, then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which, ones, which ones do you like? Off the top of my head. Like, what are, what are the hits? Like, Reeling in the Years. Oh, yeah, um, okay. Ricky, Don't Lose That Number. Yeah. Um, shit. I'm drawing a blank, of course. That's not that's that is That's their best song, is uh, <laughs> Shit. <laughs> that's just... I don't want to cheat and go to my phone. That's just what's coming to me off the top of my head. Right, right. But the, your um, your no, your I musical think... tastes are are far go far afield of Steely Dan, right? I mean, looking at no, your because I grew up listening to that. That's my parents' uh, favorite ah, band. Okay, and so I absolutely grew up with it. But that's the thing; I never mind if people are not Steely Dan fans. But I <laughs> like when people have strong opinions about music one way or the other. So even a, a lot of my friends don't have the same musical interest in me as I do. But if they really really love music or passionate about it, or really have it in them to just hate a few bands, then that's really all it takes. <laughs> so you don't, you don't care if they love some bands, but as long as they hate some, is that okay? Yeah, isn't that strange? Some people really just bond over, like, you know, just things that you hate. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like if you were at work with a bunch of people you didn't know, you would bond more with the people who hated the same stuff, or I would at least, than the people who liked the same stuff as me, just because the hatred is just, it's more fun. <laughs> It, that sounds it's awful. true. It's true. <laughs> There's so many ways, so many true. ways to say that you hate something, and really not that many ways to gush over. I love them. They're good. It's just funny to see how passionate people can get about things, like especially just things that don't matter, like bands. Like I'll just get so mad at bands, you know. So what do you hate? What band you know, do you hate? Do, do you, I, uh, I like the obvious, like Nickelback? Or are you? Uh... No, I um I can't say because it makes me sound like a like a jerk, you know, but um, my friends who know me know that there's there's a few bands that are just, you know, like where I'm sure the people are really nice. I'm sure I'm sure they're really nice, but like I just can't stand the band. So I have that too. All right. You do? Um, what bands? Oh, I unreasonably hate a lot of music. I, well, no, I'm, you're not going to say. I'm not going to say. <laughs> All right, here, here's a question. Here's a question. What is, as far as bands that you love, what's the most polarizing band that you love, like that, that your friends just don't get? Aside from Steely Dan. <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, it's Steely Dan far and away. Um, but a, a, yeah, a distant think, second would be who? I really like really super sort of brutal, brutal bands. Like Swans would be one. Okay, or yeah. I hear people talk about specifically, I was reading like a few reviews about the album that came out last year. That was Scott Walker and Sun. You know, Sun. Or Sun, S U U N? Uh, no, that's oh, a different sorry. band. That's okay. S-U-U-N-S, but it's just Sun. It's S-U-N-N. It's like the okay. AMP, and then it has the O, and then it has, like, some parentheses after it. So they put out – they're like a doom metal band, and they put out an album with Scott Walker, the not the politician, but the <laughs> super famous singer, this last year called Soust. And a lot of the reviews that I read talked about it being, like, this is test your friend's music, and people <laughs> say that about Swans, too. But I don't see it like that because I love it, so – to me, you know, it's just, it's great. It's not, I'm not doing it because, because I secretly hate it. And I, you know, I, I want to be miserable. I, I like the way it sounds. <laughs> but people talk about that a lot. Like people, uh, how the bartenders look at those shows when they get stuck at like sun shows. And it's just, you know, just really super sludge metal, how much they must hate sludge it. 
Not a lot of children's music, probably. No, that's... Uh... Yeah, no. Tell us about lucid dreaming. Oh, that's just the best thing. I thought of it in the questionnaire because I just saw something in um, New York Magazine about people on the fringe or living life on the fringe. And it was just different stuff, just people who can see 100,000 colors or like a million colors and stuff. But one of them ones was a guy who can lucid dream. And um, that's something that I started trying to learn like about probably like about four years ago because I um, always remember my dreams. And I learned that if you can remember your dreams, you can learn to become aware that you're dreaming and then sort of be aware in your dreams and then have control over your dreams. Have so, you guys ever done that? I, can, I remember my dreams. Well, and also I, if you're on the edge of waking up or if I'm on the edge of waking up, then yeah, I've got some control in the dream. But I really have to yep. be essentially on the edge of waking up. Yeah, that's for everybody. They say that actually the, the best time to do it is sort of it's morning or even late morning when you've hit your alarm and like gone back to sleep. So I think like retired people must get really good at it. And <laughs> people who actually have somewhere to be and have a life, it's maybe a little more difficult because you don't have that much leisure time. But that's exactly when you are most likely to go lucid is when you're on the edge of sleep like that. So is that the, like the least restful sleep though? I was just going to ask that. Yeah, I mean, they say in the books that it's not, but sometimes I feel a little bit like it is tiring. Um, but my dreams in general are really tiring because even if I'm not in control of them, and but I remember them, if they were really stressful, I wake up feeling really tired and stressed. Just dreaming about all this awful music that you hate? <laughs> <laughs> but will not name. <laughs> oh, there's that sound. So Brent has a few Twitter questions for you. Brent? Jesse, what's your proudest Twitter moment? Well, my proudest Twitter moment, or like I said, was or just the funniest one, was that recently I got retweeted by one of my favorite comedians, Pat Oswalt, and I DM'd him on Twitter to say, hey, thank you, and, you know, some random emoji. And he wrote back, really all caps, like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> um, I thought that was all it was going to say. And then it said, um, I'm drunk. And then another line, and it said, or it said, I love you. And then it said, I'm drunk, comma. So I thought, all right, well, I guess he's not mad. And then just today he DM'd me. I don't know in reference to what he – he said something about television the other day, and I wrote back, oh, you should be watching uh, this show Fortitude, and he didn't reply because I don't know him and we never talk. And then <laughs> just today I must have tweeted something gross or something because all of a sudden I got a DM from him that just said like, ah, <laughs> like that. <laughs> so, yeah, hmm. those are my, my favorite Twitter moments anyway. Who's your biggest or neatest follower? Would it be Patton? No, I mean, like we said, like I have a, a lot of awesome, really big, famous comedian followers. But the person that I'm most psyched about, like that matters, you know, that is is that Steve Albini follows me on really Twitter. Cool. It's the coolest. I mean, he's just one of my one of my complete, you know, idols. And so when I realized that he was following me, I think I didn't even tweet for days because I was like, I don't want to make him, I don't want to make him unfollow me. So. <laughs> I know that, he, that guy has been responsible yeah. for some of the best music in the history of music. He's so amazing. And he's on the really, there's that show called Sonic Highways. Yeah, I know the, the episode. Um, yeah, the Chicago episode. And mm -hmm. I just watched that and it just made me, also the look that he currently has with the Dickies coveralls, yep. just a different color every day. <laughs> like uh, I've, me and my friend have been trying to, to make that. We want that look, but we're both too small in stature <laughs> to find Dickies that fit us. But I think that's the best. Just a different color every day, just workwear, just coveralls. He's got a unique look for sure. Yeah. Uh, lastly, give us one underrated tweeter that you think everybody should be following. Oh, Solomon Giorgio, the comedian. 
uh, that was just he was just on Conan a few weeks ago, and if you can find his set on Conan. So I looked the other day, and I feel like he's got maybe like six thousand or eight thousand, but he's yeah, he's gonna be he's so funny, and I think like you know he should just have like hundreds of thousands of followers. All right, I'll definitely check him out. Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. All right. Well, thank you for having me on. All right. This has been Tweeters at 12. I'm Mark. I'm Brent. And we'll see you next time. Come on. Woo! Yeah.